Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Today's broadcast is fantastic. It's that's why it's graded F. Um, <laughs> is that the, is that it? I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, um, great show today. We uh, yes, I went to a Billie Eilish concert. Oh my gosh! You have to hear the story. I want footage. Uh, it's available, but uh, you don't want to see me dance. No. <laughs> No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, also, we talk about uh, Ron DeSantis and the kick-ass job he's doing in Florida. Pardon my French. It's technically not French, but pardon it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he should do with, with Disney. Remember, I'm a big Disney fan. I hate them. And we talk about <laughs> the history of the power that Disney has. Did you know they don't have to call the Environmental Protection Agency? They don't have any EPA rules. They don't have to worry about, you know, government regulations on buildings and excuse me. What? No building inspectors. No, they have their own mouse building inspectors. Hmm, fascinating. We also talked to a governor, a Republican governor, pushing back against other Republicans who are trying uh, to get a bunch of money from a covid bill that doesn't he ended this is governor ricketts in uh, nebraska he ended the emergency and the republicans are overriding his veto of taking covid money which they don't need what's wrong with you republicans in nebraska call your senator if you're in nebraska your state senator all this and more on today's podcast interest in awards shows continues uh, <laughs> unabated uh however there are a couple of things that are kind of interesting about the grammys that happened last night uh Zelensky, uh appeared and i think that is really interesting there was a big push for him uh to be on the oscars and he didn't respond or anything else and i think he knows americans hate the oscars <laughs> and hate he didn't want to be a part of that hollywood crowd yeah, i'll bet you uh, that's maybe i mean i don't know how much we love our mus- musicians more no maybe. but i, I think it's more popular it doesn't have the backlash that the uh, the oscars has it's probably true and he, yeah. it certainly would have been overshadowed by what why the the whole will smith situation yeah. the oscars anyway so that would i think out. even even what happened louis ck got a grammy I think this is way more fascinating than anything that's happened in any of these award shows. Yeah, I think it's bigger than, again, he got, he got, uh, you know, off the front page, Zelensky, because Louis C.K., A, he did an album. Right. Uh, and he was nominated for a Grammy. I didn't know that he was, it was cool to be Louis C.K. again. No, I, I don't think it is. That's what I think is the <laughs> most fascinating part about this. Uh, is he released an album on his own website. None of the streaming, like nowhere else you could find it. You could only find it on his website. Wow. Uh, and uh, Wow. Yeah, just on his own, unannounced, just released it. And so it comes out, 
and there's no buzz about it because there's no sales. There's, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. sales for him. Yeah, but nothing. He's not climbing a chart nope. or anything. There's no way to verify its existence or power yeah and louis ck is a guy who was caught up in the me too you know thing that happened Mm -hmm. but has not at least in my mind had the moment where people step back and say yeah maybe we reacted poorly to that maybe maybe we overreact like aziz ansari is another comedian he got caught up in the me too thing was sort of canceled for a time and then people sort of step back and said, wait a minute, like we there's we don't have anything on this guy. This is crazy. He shouldn't be canceled. And then he was back on Netflix again. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, there was that process where everyone said, OK, that one was we went too far on that one mm-hmm. a little bit. That did not happen with Louis C.K. Now, Louis C.K., I, th- I think, was um, an example of. I don't think he acted like a good guy. I think he's very creepy, a little weird. Yeah. But never was was even accused of doing something that he did not have consent to do on. It was uh, just weird. It was like we, he was weird. He was doing stuff to himself in other people's presence after he asked for consent. And the claim was that th- these women felt as if they couldn't say no. So they said yes and state. So I don't now, know. I, I don't, don't know uh, any female comedian that would have a problem going. <laughs> Uh, You're going to what? No. F you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. So, I mean, I've always thought that Louis C.K. thing, you know, was a little strange the way it was handled. Yeah. But that's not like the mainstream Let's view. not use the way it was handled. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so he releases this album and somehow not only gets nominated for a Grammy, but wins. Yeah. Wins best comedy album. That shows white guys just don't pay for their crimes. And of course, that's what everyone's reaction is, which is bizarre because Aziz Ansari, who is not white, got right back on Netflix a few months later. Right. Uh, after his allegations. Uh, as far as I know, Bill Cosby did a lot more than any of these people. And he's out of prison. <laughs> so I don't know. I will tell you what's what's crazy is uh, uh, I think this is happening just because so many people are just done with it. They won't say it out loud, but I think they're just done with it. Maybe you're right, but these are like Grammy voters. This isn't right. I think they're done with it. They won't say out loud. It's a secret ballot. You think? I don't think he would have won a Grammy if everybody had to raise their hand. I think you're totally right on yeah. that. I totally right. And yeah. and and if you have not heard, I mean, look, Louis C.K. was always very talented. It's a really funny album. I mean, it's really really a good special, and I'm, it deserves to win. I mean, it was really good, but it. I'm shocked did that the he guy, actually won this uh, thing. Did the guy who did, what was it, Inside? What was his name? Oh, so good. yes. Did he, he didn't win? I don't know that if he was, was even, brilliant. was he nominated for that? That was a Bo Burnham, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, was brilliant. I remember there was some weirdness about where he was nominated. He, like, he wasn't nominated in Best mm. Comedy Album for some reason, mm. like our Best Comedy Musical Album. I don't know. There was something like that because uh. they, they, they talked about it because of... It's a lot of songs in yeah. that one, uh, in case you haven't seen did, it. Uh, uh, did Billie Eilish win anything? I don't know. You, I mean, she won your heart, I, I think. Well, no, I've, <laughs> I'm a fan of Billie Eilish and her brother. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're the, amazing. The, the, he produces mm-hmm. all the music, right? He's a big producer, yeah. and he's also a songwriter and singer himself. Mm-hmm. And I like him better than, than her. But, um, man, I went, uh, I, I flew to Phoenix this um uh, weekend with my daughter, uh, my older, my uh, second oldest daughter, Hannah, and she's a big fan. I'm a big fan, and so we we went. I, th- this is a bizarre scene. Glenn you, Beck. At you a went Billie- to Billie Eilish <laughs> in yeah Phoenix. in Vegas. No, in Phoenix. oh, in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can okay. You, I, I just want to imagine that crowd. Huh. Was yeah. there anyone taking video of you at the 
No. At, oh, I, I no. want some 20-year-old to recognize you and turn around and take video of this and post it on the internet. It would have been fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> Hannah, Hannah took video. I mean, we could post that. Mm. Uh, but it was, uh, it was interesting to watch. First of all, all these people, and I, I, I kind of sense in this from you, you hate Billie Eilish? No, I don't hate her. Oh, okay. No. All right. That's like others better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's, that's you know what? The reason why I started listening to it is because my son got in the car and uh, he said, uh, have you heard this song, Dad? This is what all the really uh, dark goth girls are listening to in school. And I'm like, you got a lot of those? And, uh, and so I listened to it and I'm like, this is about suicide. This is really, this is not good. And then so I started really listening and I listened to her lyrics and then I started doing my homework on it. She's actually and she proved me to be absolutely right. It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It's up with Michael Buble. Mm. Um, she has the same effect on her audience that Michael Buble has. I've never been to any show, any show where the spotlight 40 to 60 percent of the time is not on the artist. OK, she's singing. Mm-hmm. But even the jumbotrons, they were grainy because it was so dark on her. It, it, she does not make it about her, uh, which is weird to mm-hmm. see. The lights are up on the audience a good portion of the time. And I've never been to a, a concert where every song, everyone is standing the entire time, unless she says sit down, everyone's standing and they're all singing at the top of their lungs. I mean, you heard the audience almost at parody with her. It was bizarre. Mm. I, I wouldn't like. I, I go to an, a concert to hear the artist. <laughs> Me too. Not the audience. Me too. And so. ta- and uh, Hannah said the same thing beforehand. I said I'm going to be really pissed if I'm just hearing all these people who can't sing. But it became a really cool experience. Hmm. Very very different. Um, and her message, her and and I knew this. I became a fan of hers when I started reading about her and her brother and how they work she is she's dark he's yeah. light wasn't she's there dark. serious depression with her oh, serious yeah. depression yeah. Uh-huh. um and she she writes about the things that she experiences um a to get it out of her system and to conquer it it's the way she kind of conquers things but also she writes and sings about them because she knows other girls are going through the same thing mm. and so like the the first song was was i don't know it might have been a i want to off myself or whatever uh it was a really dark song um with dark imagery and right out of all of this she says you know these nightmares are not true these are we all have them. We all have these kinds of thoughts and fears mm-hmm. and we have to listen to each other and be there for one another. And that's what tonight's all about. This concert. All of you. I always want. I don't care who you're sitting next to, but we're here for each other. And it was a really cool experience and very mm. different than anything people my age are used to. Mm. And I thought it was great. Thought it was really good. Did you throw your underwear up on stage? I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, Cover the whole stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Draped over the entire drum set, <laughs> including the drummer. It was weird. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm at the uh, age where I have I have a nine and a ten year old, and I listen to uh, a decent amount of kids bop. Yeah. Now, kids bop, mm. if you don't know, is you know it's a long series of albums, you know, thirty albums or something where they do the biggest hits of the year 
and it's usually kids singing them um Mm -hmm. now it is all kids singing them um and and so but they're safe they're safe so they take songs that have very bad lyrics and they change them like (laughs) i was listening to one the other day and and it's a song i think they're it's it's country song it's the applebee song the country applebee song you know what i'm talking about uh bougie like applebee's uh I don't okay know. huge 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 song i can't believe i'm the only person in the world that's ever heard this in this room it's it's amazing but anyway they talk about natties meaning like you know beer natty ice you know mm. uh, right and they change it mm. to soda so, in the, so yeah. it's like bougie like soda which again i don't know why <laughs> soda, would soda. Be. yeah but I'm, you know we're listening to this kids bop and all of a sudden they get to i had a dream by billy eilish which is literally a song about killing, killing yourself, yourself, right? Yeah. Like she's the whole song is the about entire her. the entire the all the lyrics. Have to be, it could include like the bridge, right? <laughs> like it's about like when she jumps off a bridge. Yeah. If I remember right, you tell me if I'm yeah. wrong, Glenn. She goes she to jumps the bridge. Gate. She jumps, jumps off a bridge. bridge. And she has a dream about it, and she thought it was a nightmare because she was killing herself. And then she realized that's actually what I wanted in the end, anyway, is to be dead. Uh, Basically, what happens, and it turns around. It only turns around in the lyrics. So, do you know the Do you know the story behind the song? It's amazing. Yes, I heard the whole. There's a whole podcast out about this, uh, which is really interesting. And I I happened to listen to it at one point. And the story is fascinating. And it, it, it winds up, obviously, in a, in a happy place. She she didn't land, uh, obviously, because she's still alive and doing concerts for Glenn Beck and his underwear. So this is, she didn't die. That's the good news, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if if you need to have a kid's bop no. version so about what suicide. do the lyrics say? What do you mean, what do the lyrics say? Uh, on the kid's side. It How do you make say, I mean, when I was listening to it, I didn't see much change at all. You can't don't think. No, I don't think you need that. <laughs> I think the, if you listen, if you've never heard this song, which apparently in this room, no one's heard any songs. Uh, but if 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 you've never heard, <laughs> if you've never heard this song, it's it's not quite obvious. It's not like, hey, I went to the bridge and killed myself. It's a little more oh, artistic, pretty, yeah, uh, you know, barely a little bit like yeah. you wouldn't necessarily hear. I had a dream. I thought it was a nightmare, but it turned out to be good. It sounds like it could be anything. Yeah. There are parts of it, though, that I think are are specific to suicide. But yeah, might go over kids heads. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think most kids would necessarily notice it at nine or ten years old. But like, do you need a kid's bop version of a suicide song? Doesn't seem like it. It seems I like that know. one you just skip and do one of her other tunes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Suicide is because is has become a thing. I mean, it has. It is uh, really the the last couple of years. Yeah. The suicide rate in this country, uh, you know, I I went on Instagram. I posted something that just uh, Hannah and I screwed around and said that I was in Phoenix for the Billie Eilish concert. Oh, my gosh. My Instagram posts were all like she's from the devil. She's really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really serious uh, backlash on it. And I Mm. thought, you know, you should you should read uh, about or not don't, not just take the songs yeah uh for what they're saying but what the message is behind the songs i what i like about her i like her brother better i mean you know i don't mean it that way but i mean he's he's really positive he's got a new album out called optimist it's one of the better albums i've heard uh in a long long time he's great and his lyrics are all very philosophical and positive mm. Um, and that's where you get the balance. She had a dream. I thought it was a nightmare. He's the one that said, no, 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 you're safe. Yeah, you're safe. That's pulled her out. of it, Yeah, basically. he pulled her out. Yeah. And that song is the split between the two and why she's so 
intent on making people know this isn't normal to feel this way. Do you think you, you have to have people mm-hmm. that tell you you're OK? Do you think it, when she looked out in the audience and saw you, she reconsidered? I <laughs> <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. I want to introduce you to a governor that you should know. He's from Nebraska. His name is Pete Ricketts, and he's joining us now because he is actually trying to veto federal funding uh, that he says will make people more reliant on the government. I tend to agree with him on this, but he's a Republican who's fighting the Republicans who are going to override his veto. When you hear this story, I hope if you're in Nebraska, you will call your uh, your uh, legislator and say en- enough is enough. Welcome, Governor. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks very much for having me on. You bet. So tell me the situation. This is this is about the the money that was going to help people pay rent because of COVID, right? Right, exactly. So this is the Emergency Rental Assistance Program. It was about a $25 billion program. And, you know, when we have emergencies, we recognize we need extra assistance. You know, first of all, Nebraskans always take care of their neighbors. We saw that in the floods we had in 2019 and through this pandemic. And so we have an emergency, we ask for extra assistance. But we also, at some point, have to recognize that the emergency is over and we don't need the money for the assistance anymore. And that's what's happening right now. You know, I ended the emergency for the pandemic last June here in Nebraska. Good for you. And um, so we just don't have a justification for taking this money. It's supposed to be tied to paying for people's, uh, people who are impacted by COVID. And, you know, we do this for floods, we do it for tornadoes, we ask for emergency assistance, but we don't ask for the money if we don't have an emergency. And right now, we don't have an emergency. We've got the lowest unemployment rate in the United States and lowest in state history. We've got more people employed today, 16,000 more people employed today than we did pre-pandemic, more people employed in manufacturing since 2008. And frankly, none of the nonprofits who are asking for this money have ever been able to show me that somehow things today are different from 2019. So we just don't have a justification for taking this money. And now, of course, the second round of this emergency rental assistance program is not even tied to COVID. You can just pay people's rent. Well, that's big government socialism, right? We don't want to just pay people's rent. That's not who we are in this country, and certainly not in Nebraska. Uh, and yet I've got a legislature who is trying to, who's passed a bill, which I vetoed, that is trying to force me to take this additional federal money. And the veto override will be tomorrow, Tuesday, April 5th. And so I'm encouraging people to reach, reach out to their state center and tell them, don't take this big government socialism program. So what is the Republican excuse for this? Because you have, if I'm not mistaken, you have about 40% of all the money from the first round still sitting there waiting to be used. So if people need to have a a bailout, you know, on their rent because of COVID, I find it kind of hard to believe at this point. But if you did, all right, you got 40% of the money you got last time. So what is their excuse as Republicans? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. We, we've, we've used, uh, actually, we've only used about 40% of the money, so we still have oh. plenty of money left through the end of the year. You know, you can apply in September, and it'll take you through December, and I don't think anybody's thinking this emergency is going to last longer than that. In fact, our hospitalizations are the lowest we've had since uh, maybe July of last year. 
And so their excuse when they say this is, like, well, it's free federal money. And, of course, it's, no, not, it's not free, free. federal money, right? It's oh, not free. We pay that. Free. It's our taxpayer dollars, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, what if some other state gets it? I'm like, well, first of all, when we have emergencies like floods or tornadoes, we ask for money if we need it. But if we don't have an emergency, we don't ask for the money. If another state has a tornado, they ask for the money. So this is not, we're not an emergency. We shouldn't be asking for this money. It's just wrong. And then, of course, they're like, well, if we don't take the money, somebody else will get it. Well, but like, <laughs> that just means that somebody else is going to be paying people to stay home. That's bad for them, right? If, if you're paying people's rent and all the other benefits we've, we've doled out here in, here in the state of Nebraska now, we're either, we've either distributed or in the process of distributing over $21 billion, you're paying people to stay home. And I've had landlords contact me to tell me, like, they see the people that are in these programs, and they're, they're by and large, a lot of people who could be working. And that's the problem is if we're paying people to stay home, they will. And that's what we need to get people back to work. These programs are corrosive. They, they teach people to be reliant on government, especially when they're not even related to being uh, COVID-related anymore. Yeah, I, I understood, you know, when the government was putting people out of business and then telling people, you, you know, you don't have to pay rent. Uh, okay, what about the landlords? And, you know, what about I didn't have a job because uh, I didn't have a business because you told me it closed down. At that point, I understood it, especially, however, um, in your case where there are more people employed than there were prior to the pandemic. You seem to be on the right track. One of the few places that are really on the right track. I know wanted help wanted signs are everywhere here in Texas. And it's not because we're growing jobs faster than we're importing people. It's that there are too many people that just have decided not to go back to work or that those jobs are beneath them. This is very un-American. Have you asked those Republicans uh, where their principles are? Well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? When I talk to some of these Republicans about this, they're like, well, I'll take that into consideration. Take it into it consideration? Really yeah, I know, I know. It's like, hey, guys. This is about principles. Like we as Republicans stand for, of course, we help people when they're in need. But if we're not in need, we don't just dole out government money to people. That's not who we are. But unfortunately, many times you get so many uh, folks who get elected that don't have fundamental principles. And so they kind of blow in the wind, whatever the, you know, the trend is, you know, whatever the du jour of the day, you know, the policy yeah. that the buddies are all trying to get them to do. You know, you got all these lobbyists in uh, our Capitol building telling them they got to take the money, and that's part of the problem. So, may I ask you, I just looked up your unemployment rate. It is 2.1. And yeah. I don't want to just go off the unemployment rate, but it, uh, there are more people in Nebraska employed than pre-pandemic. Uh, yeah. pandemic. Because they're, you know, they've recalculated the way that we look at our unemployment now. They just stopped counting those people who could be working but aren't. Um, so what are you doing to get it to 2.1? Well, first of all, we never shut down. We never had a statewide mask mandate. We never mm. did vaccine mandates. We slowed the spread of the virus while letting people live a more normal life so that we were able to keep our mortality rates down, keep kids in schools, keep people in their jobs. And that momentum helped to carry us through this pandemic. And like I said, I ended the emergency last June on the pandemic. So we're, we, we're actually pretty much back to normal now, which is why we don't need additional programs to pay for people's rent. We're back to normal here. Uh, there, you know, there's always been people who have been impacted by different circumstances that need help with their rent. And we should work to help those people. But a big government program like this, 
where it's another you know $120 million coming into our state that would just basically teach people to stay home. That's not what we need. That's not how we're going to get people back to work. Uh, we need to engage people and get them back into the workforce. You know, here in Nebraska, we do have the highest workforce participation rate, the highest employment to population per capita ratio. So Nebraskans do like to work, but we need more people back in the workforce, and paying them to stay home is not going to do it. Governor, I have to tell you, um, this is the best story I've heard in a while. The, uh, uh, the, uh, the story that I always loved from the Depression was Hoover. Hoover, there was a, a big storm. I think it was here in Texas, a big storm uh, that went on, and he decided to uh, dispatch the feds to help. And uh, the, the county turned him around at the, at the, uh, the county line. They block the people, not the police, the people block the road and turned the trucks around and said, we don't need any help. We're fine here. Sent the trucks back home. Congress wanted to pass for all this support. Um, it was uh, uh, it, it failed. And the American people actually raised more money than what the bailout would have been. We are in a time now where people are just expecting everything. We're living in a in a, a, a time where everybody feels they're entitled to something. I am glad to see the state where my grandmother uh, uh, lived and my mother was born in. I am glad to see that you are uh, uh, holding up the work ethic and the ethics that made America truly the, the breadbasket of the world. Well, thanks. And, you know, Nebraskans do. They take care of each other. That's what we should continue to do is look to take care of folks in our local communities and not ask for federal money when we don't have a federal emergency. We're, we're supposed to be taking care of ourselves. That's always been the strength of our country. Going so, back to Alexis de Tocqueville, he commented on that you know, in the 1830s. That's the strength of America. So uh, a lot of people who aren't in your state would go, oh, well, it's a politician. He's probably running. You're not. You're, you're term, term limited out now. What's, that is correct. What's next for you? Well, first thing I'm going to do is go on vacation with my wife. Yeah, good. I want to stay married. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I want to stay involved in uh, politics and public policy. I just don't know what that looks like right now. Okay. Good for you. Thank you very much, Governor. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, well, thanks a lot, Glenn. You thanks bet. for having me on. Governor Pete uh, Ricketts from Nebraska. Isn't that amazing? Call, call your uh, senators um, if you live in Nebraska and tell them, okay, enough is enough. Do we have some principles here? Well, other states are going to get it. If just say this, if everybody was jumping off a bridge, would you jump off the bridge? Do I need to be your mother for the love of the best of the Glenn Beck program? Elon Musk, he did a couple of things that I love. He acquired almost 10 percent of Twitter. It makes him the largest stakeholder. Jack only has about 2% of the company. Now, so far, I believe this is a silent partnership part. I mean, he, he can do some things, I guess, to gain some seats on the board. And I wish you would, Elon, please. <laughs> I mean, and this is what he, it is 9% stake is what he disclosed in a financial disclosure, right? So we don't know how much he has now. Could be more. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's what he bought. Yeah, this is what he bought so far, but he could be, he could have been acquiring it the whole time. Mm. He seems to be pretty focused on Twitter. He seems to be critical of Twitter. 
and he seems to be stepping up to the plate. And you, if you happen to be Twitter, you might not want him stepping up to the plate. Oh, please <laughs> step up to the plate. Wouldn't it be nice to have somebody that, like Elon Musk, is out there actually saying the truth and batting for you? And I, I say this. I mean, I, you know, look, I don't agree with Elon. The guy is a global warming guy. Okay, like not just a global warming guy, a guy who believes it so much. He's building spaceships to get off the planet. Now, I personally believe that it is global warming plus what he sees coming in technology because he believes transhumanism is coming and he believes that the human species will will not exist on Earth by 2050. And so he believes that the only chance of the humans actually being like we are now, not not engineered, but being like we are now, the only chance of survival is on another planet. Um, but anyway, well, I mean, that's the point, though. And this is a guy who B- acts on believes what he believes it. Yep. And he's living a yep. an incredible life. He really, really is just be like, ah, screw it. He's and the, the, he earned it. I mean, yeah. he, he made yeah. his own money. I mean, he took bailouts or not bailouts, but he took money uh, during TARP, uh, which I didn't like. Was it TARP or was it he, he got a lot of the uh, cash for clunkers or something? Uh, the There's tons of incentives to buy oh, electric cars built into our economy. Yeah, thanks he might to have the done left. that early. Well, yeah, Tesla gets a ton of that money because they're the only really the only electric car out there. I don't think now. You have to. He's be been opposing a, it now. He's been saying he doesn't want it um, no, because it comes with strings attached. Now you have to be a union shop. Mm. You have to be creating good union jobs, and that's not them. No, it's, it's such a fascinating. He's a, this is one of the reasons why people are fascinated by him. But he does not fall into any easy category. Any easy category, and you know he's been opposing one of the big things in this one of these big Biden bills. I think it was Build Back Better was a fortune. To build an electric car charging network across the country. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, we're already doing that. We don't need your money for that. We're doing it already. We, we, we're, we, and you don't and want it, him to do that because you can't control that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've talked a, a decent amount about the car industry over the past few months. And as people may note, I'm now past seven months of ordering my uh, car. And still do not have one. I'm I'm already looking for a gift for your 12 month anniversary. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna, it's be, gonna nice. be special. It's gonna be special. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, bring candles in. <laughs> but there is you have the Tesla chargers, which work on Teslas, and then you have other charger networks that are being built by other companies, like Volkswagen is uh-huh. building a big one across the country. But you see the locations of them. If you if you buy a car that is not a Tesla, that's an electric car, and you want to use a fast charger, now you can charge it at your house, but it takes a long time, multiple days, if you're just plugging it into a normal outlet. Uh, it is you can get it done overnight if you get special industrial strength stuff installed into your house. Right, but I mean that's what you do if you're gonna get it. You want to save money at the gas pump. Yeah, you just get one of those big expensive superchargers, you know. Or you know if you can't afford it, a lot of people can't. Don't worry, your car will be charged in three days. What? You have some place to go? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You can find Tesla chargers at malls and restaurants right. and, and all over the place mm-hmm. gas stations movie uh, theaters movie theaters places you pull up there's one at the place i take the kids to breakfast they've got two tesla chargers right out in front of it for i mean they're rarely filled but still they're there they're there uh, a lot of times they're there in better parking spots than the handicapped spots oh yeah they're always in the front or close to the front which is incredible yeah 
but that network is built out relatively widely depending on where you live. You look at the other one, one of them is called Electrify America, which is, I think, the Volkswagen one, and they're building it up. And they have, like, fast chargers located, like, for the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is a big, you know, city, huge city. It's only on the, like, on the extended exurbs, right? Like, if you're going from here to Austin, on the way out of Dallas, you can find a charger, right? But that's it. There's one place there on the road you better stop there or you're gonna have to plug in and wait for three days at somebody's house right you've got to stop right there if you're not driving a tesla if you're driving a tesla well there's fifteen thousand places to go and they're building that out you know on you their would own. think that maybe people would learn the lesson of uh, a universal plug hmm. how about how about everybody just makes the same plug i mean if i'm running a car company i'd be like will it work on everybody else's plug Oh, there's there's already even outside of Tesla. There's two different options. That's some stupid. So you look at the places. Dumb. Some of these some of these charging stations have to have three different kinds of quote unquote pumps to be able to hook up to the three different kinds. That is just so stupid. I mean, eventually, it's I think it is going to unify behind something. But Tesla wants it to be there. So here's the here's the other thing. Fine, fine, whatever. Then yeah. If you're Volkswagen, make it like Tesla. You'll double the value. You'll double the value. Anyway, um, uh, another thing that he tweeted this weekend, let me see if I can find the exact uh, verbiage. Uh, The more I study it, I don't have it right in front of me. Hang on. Um, I think he said, the more I study it. Here it is. I'm increasingly convinced that corporate ESG is the devil incarnate. Now that's saying something. That's not Glenn Beck saying that. No, that that's coming from a guy who believes in global warming. Built an electric car company. Built right. a spaceship company. <laughs> right. Okay, a spaceship company. Right. He he believes it's the devil incarnate. That's remarkable. Anybody Elon Musk saying this will change the uh direction. Because Elon Musk, there's a lot of people who, you know, don't listen to me or don't like me or whatever. That's definitely true. Elon, I can back that up. Okay, all right. No, it's definitely uh, true. So, Confirmed. But Elon Musk. Fact check true. Is. <laughs> okay, we got it. <laughs> uh, but Elon Musk has such a wide reach universally. Yeah, I, I get this from people all the time when we have events and stuff and people are walking around like, we have the museum here or something and we're talking to people who've been listening to the show for a long time and they to convert it to this particular topic it's i've had to listen to through you know get through 25 segments of glenn blathering on about esg scores and i never heard it from anybody else and then all of a sudden everyone's talking about it and that is, I think, the case here. You're seeing it with Elon Musk. You're seeing it. If you read any financial publication, they're talking Everywhere. about it all the time now. All the time. Um, th- these things, th- you know, people try to say it was a conspiracy theory. Obviously, it's not. It's something that is building in, in a big way, is already taken over Wall Street. And like, I, you know, like the, the concept uh, is somewhat understandable, right? Like if you could, un- if, if they gave you an option to invest in things that promoted the free market, Promoted individual rights. I'd love it. I would be for that. It's like, you know what? I don't like these algorithms that uh, uh, sort my news. Okay? 
I'm not against them. Mm-hmm. I'd like to control it. Yeah. I'd like less of this, more of this, less. Give me a dashboard so I can control it and find the setting for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with that. And if you wanted to do ESG, then could you do, uh, you know, uh, one on the Constitution, one on yeah. uh, values, one on, you know, not having your son sell out to communist countries. I mean, I <laughs> just say it's not as catchy as it's ESG. It's not, but, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, Burisma would be out. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bank of China would be out. <laughs> right. The city of Moscow I couldn't <laughs> invest in. You know, if you if you wanted to have ESG, because this this is the dumbest part of their argument. This is only done for people. A lot of people want to invest that way. Yeah, I know a lot of people that would like to not throw their money behind places like Disney. But are you showing me all the ones, all the companies that are so woke and are spending tons of money? Verizon giving money to Planned Parenthood. I'd like just a a fund called B for babies. You know, hey, these are all the companies that are not investing in killing babies. Mm. That would be great. And you can pick whatever you wanted. That's not what this is. Right. A menu of options is something I, I think that is right. It is a free market thing. Mm-hmm. However, the way that they're instituting the ESG is not necessarily stopping at a menu. They're implementing it in a way that they can't get capital if they do not hit the the requirements of this menu and so it's it's controlling the way that companies do business and that is the problem you know you're like how you can look at what has happened over the past couple of months and think that what we need to do is invest less in fossil fuels is beyond me we absolutely should be investing more even even elon musk who is again a not just a global warming believer but is completely insane in this belief yeah i mean he is farther to the global warming alarmist side than almost anyone i know in the in the entire uh, pu- public life he is literally that far he's done certainly more to uh, not just step up and tweet about it not just hashtag he's built multiple companies to address this yeah. he's risked his entire fortune mm-hmm. to do this to stop global warming and here is he. He's saying things like, "Hey, we need to really up uh, ramp up our uh, oil and gas correct drilling here in the correct. United States because he's it only being helps realistic. his company, right? But yes. it doesn't in the end. Yeah. By the way, uh, the new budget uh, from uh, Biden: eleven different tax increases on the oil and gas industry, um, which uh, the deduction they're getting rid of the deduction for intangible drilling costs." which allows independent producers to immediately deduct business expenses related to drilling, such as labor, site preparation, repairs, and service work. Uh, 2014 by Wood McKenzie Consultant, repealing the the deduction for those would result in a $407 billion reduction in investment. Roughly 25% of the capital used by producers to continue investing in new projects. Okay? Mm. But... But only 25%. That's one of the taxes that he's putting on oil and gas. Plus your ESG. Na, 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 na.